Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 313. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am uh, Michael Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram, T-U-R-N-E-R-S-P-A-R-K-S. Please follow me, everybody. I put out new stand-up videos all the time. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on all social media platforms. Cap in NYC. If you want to get some real estate in the New York City area. Kaplan, on the podcast yes, we today, got- we have our friend, the great Narek Margarian, coming back from Armenia, the man who famously put us to number one years ago, the man we made we went to number one. We made T-shirts saying we went to number one in Armenia. Um, those were a very popular item. And uh, we love our friends in Armenia. So we have him coming on yeah. in just a minute. Great stand-up comedian. You've seen him on the Conan O'Brien show. He performs around the world doing stand-up. Uh, I think, I believe Anthony Bourdain possibly w- met with him when he oh. went there years ago. He's the man to know. When you go to Armenia, you want to meet Narek. And uh, he's been great to our show. And we're going to be talking about the... Azerbaijan went in to the disputed land. Uh, Artsakh is what Narek and the Armenians would call it. Uh, Nagoro Kabayak. It's, I- it's harder to say the Azerbaijan version. So let's just, we, it that's makes we it harder to say. Anyway, whatever they call it, it's a disputed land. A few weeks back, Azerbaijan went in and took it. And we're going to get uh, the whole backstory on that and every, why it happened, what's going to happen next with Narek. Uh, in just a minute. But, Captain, before that, there's things obviously going yeah. on in the in Israel right now. And everyone yeah. has been emailing me this week, calling me, texting me, asking me about you and your family um, in Israel and if they're OK. So I just want to give you the floor first and give us an update on how your family's doing right now in Israel. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm uh it's a little it might I might not be as funny as usual this episode. I'm gonna try, but I'm a little I'm a little shook from the weekend. It's been rough. But my brother um is there in Jerusalem. He's okay. Um he uh you know in Jerusalem, I don't think they receive as many rockets. It's the one good thing about being near all the, you know, the Holy Lands for all people. Um, but they do receive rockets. They have had sirens. They do not have a bomb shelter there. So it's a little bit scary. Um, and then I have cousins in Tel Aviv who, um, you know, they've been spending a lot of times in bomb shelters the past few days. Um, and then I know people locally in Long Island City. I know Israeli shipping off. They get called. They get the call from the reserves and they're off to a. Uh, you know, they're going back to fight. So it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a crazy situation all around. It is. And there are, um, uh, there's, there's, uh, rallies, I guess. Is there a rally? I mean, this is coming out October 10th, which is today. So by the time you hear this, there will have been a rally in New York city, right? There's a rally. Yeah. Today, I believe in New York city, but there's going to be a more, you know, we're going to host a rally in long Island city, hopefully. So yes. uh, stay tuned for our social media. I'm hoping October 11th, uh, October 11th o'clock, but it's, Oh, really? Wait, so you're putting oh, a, a no, rally October, October 12th, October 12th, October 12th, actually. Sorry, Thursday. So that's the goal, 6 p.m. But uh, I will stay tuned. Social media, Cap in America. I will I will release all the. I will let you know there. And you're putting this rally together. Me and some of my some of my friends, some of my Zionist friends, we're going to we're going to we're, we're going to hold a rally. We're going to make sure any any local politicians who don't come, we're going to dox them. So it's going to be a good, this is going to be an important rally. Uh, hopefully I get James involved to have some fun with it, but yeah. Yes. So, I will be there be, as well. Um, October 12th. Turner will be there. Wow. I will 100%, 100% be there. Um, all right. We well, commitment. Uh, all right. Happy that your brother and his family are safe and prayers for them and the rest of your family Thank you. um, in Israel. It. And uh, okay. So, so, and if you want to support our show, everybody go to patreon.com slash lost in America for $5 a month. You get cap and I doing our comedy podcast, which delves into a life podcast. It might, as, as cap said, it might not be as funny this week, but we'll be getting into all of the details of what's going on. And hopefully we'll be getting um, maybe uh, Dan, Dan uh, over there in Israel or somebody on Dan the show, Pomerantz, yeah. Dan Pomerantz, oh, yeah. somebody on soon to update us what's going on with them on the ground. Uh, but uh, that's how you do it. Patreon.com slash lost in America for five bucks. You get the the show, the extra show, $10. You get the number one in our media t-shirt. We will send it to you. We still have those shirts. And uh, for $20 a month, you get our own ad, your, your own ad on this show. So, all right, let's talk about today's episode, Kaplan. Um, we have Narek here. We, uh, we, uh, what do you know about this? All went down a few weeks ago. It seemed to go down kind of overnight with this whole thing of Azerbaijan taking over Artsakh, the disputed land, uh, previously part of. Yeah, it's, it seemed to happen really fast. Like I sent you, it, like they went back in Azerbaijan. We saw the thing about fighting, and then all of a sudden, next, you know, I heard there's a ceasefire, and Armenia. People were fleeing from Armenia. Uh, people were fleeing. To, Armenians were fleeing to go back to Armenia. Over 100,000 were displaced. Um, and I don't know, you know, uh, Russia has been a, a, a big, uh, you know, mediator over there. Um, and I think they've, they've, they're, they've got their hands a little bit tied up in Ukraine. So they weren't able to, to, to play much of a help. A little bit like. tied up in Ukraine is yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They're yeah, a little tied up. <laughs> their hands are full right now. So yeah, so it's this land and, and everyone go back and listen to previous episodes. We've talked about this land, but it's this land that is, if you look at a map, it looks like just from the map, it looks like it's in Azerbaijan, but the population of people Incorrect who live maps. there 
is basically 100% Armenian people. And um, it was split up in 1991 after the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, Russia just came in seemingly and did a quick mediation. And when you get that, you get that. And all these Armenian people were now stuck in this kind of no man's land for them. They've been there since 91. Now, as of late September, they're out. And um, and I don't know what's going to happen next. So welcome to the show. Nurek Margarian joining us from uh, from Armenia and uh, welcome back. How did we do on that recap? And um, how are you doing, sir? Hey, uh, nice to meet you again, guys. Yeah, um, good to see you. I wanted to wear the T-shirts uh, with you guys being number one in Armenia. Yeah. The- uh, it came a little tight, but <laughs> up until September, I was thin enough to fit into it. It's aspirational. We're trying to get you some I weight. just finished Berlin Marathon. That's when my physique was at its peak. Wow. And I would totally fit into it. But after that, I've been eating like crazy and I don't fit anymore. Um, now to the serious stuff. Mm. It's been actually a devastating month, as I'm sure it is for you because you have family in Israel. Uh, actually, it didn't come as a surprise uh, in, in contrast to what's happening in Israel because for weeks we've seen Azerbaijan uh, aggregating and uh, combining forces around the border and getting ready for an assault. And every expert, every non expert was talking about this, but uh, the Armenian authorities were doing nothing about it. The Artsakh authorities, uh, they have been starving for 10 months. There was a 10-month blockade caused by Azerbaijan, where literally no food was going into uh, Artsakh. So Artsakh is the other name for Nagorno-Karabakh. So people in Artsakh were basically surviving with whatever ratios they had and uh, some agricultural stuff, which wasn't enough for everyone. And most of it even couldn't be used because imagine all the fields being in range of Azerbaijan's fire. So you couldn't really farm Uh, and nothing was coming in for 10 months. So this starved army, army starved for 10 months, was attacked on September 19. And uh, they still somehow unimaginably fought back uh, very bravely. But at some point it had to be stopped. And when people realized that basically their leadership surrendered, they had nothing to do but run as fast as they could move to Armenia because they've witnessed the horrors of what Azerbaijan was for for decades. And just three years ago, when we had the 2020 war, it it, it wasn't just like the war in the classical sense. It was uh, usage of banned uh, munitions. It was beheadings, like literal beheadings, cruelties. Uh, There was one woman sniper whose fingers they uh, cut off. They cut off her index finger, which she used as a sniper and stuck it in a certain place. So this is the level of cruelty of these people. So naturally, everyone in had no alternative. Uh, The Russian peacekeepers were not providing them any security. The Armenian military forces were not providing them any security because it was the political decision of current... um, 
leadership who said, well, we don't want to involve in the wars. Um, we took the refugees. Uh, over 100,000 people are now here. Being, they're being relocated among the different parts of Armenia. This is so, and sort of everyone's anger and frustration. It got stopped by this urgent need to find shelter, food, clothes for these people. Sort of all the protests, uh, all the people would normally protest is they are the most involved in helping the refugees, finding shelter for them. And sort of their energy goes in that direction. And no real protests are happening. That They did happen for a few days uh, right when that happened. And now everyone just too busy helping uh, refugees from Artsakh. Um, and coming back to what you said earlier, that um, most maps would put Artsakh in Azerbaijan's territory. Uh, yes, in, indeed, that's the case. But uh, that's the, the case because... Um, Azerbaijan never recognized, sort of, remember this big giant uh, machine that the Soviet Union was. It had 15 other states. And uh, Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh uh, was not a separate state. It was an uh, autonomous region within the territory of Artsakh. But when Soviet Union started to collapse, all these countries starting started seceding, like, you know, Latvia, Armenia, Georgia, all the other countries started seceding, and Artsakh was uh, actually seceded sooner than Armenia or Azerbaijan did. Uh, they had a very open vote uh, and a referendum, and they decided that they can go uh, live separately. And the constitution of the Soviet Union, it may come as a surprise to some, but Soviet Union had a very reasonably democratic constitution with laws uh, being very clear about it. And the law said that if uh, a country secedes from the Soviet Union, all the autonomous regions in this country have the right to secede themselves. So what Artsakh uh, did was 100% within the framework of what the legislative system in the Soviet Union was. So they did it before us, before Azerbaijan, and everything was legal, but Azerbaijan was never recognizing it. And Armenia did not recognize it too, because the intent always was to solve this with the negotiations. And this so-called Minsk group was created with the chairmanship of United States, Russia, and France. And uh, they were handling all the negotiations with, between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And it all, was always the intention and the case uh, to solve this peacefully and to solve it based on the rights of the people for self-determination. You've heard about it uh, in Kosovo, in other instances, but when you have a situation when 120,000 people live on a territory which is disputed or somehow somebody has a claim for that, this is a very important human right, the right for self-determination. And now, basically, with this blockade, with the inaction of the Russian peacekeepers, with the inaction of the international community, who was numbingly silent, uh, only coming up with, uh, we are very concerned, and always doing this, this, this thing that drives me crazy, this both-sidedist, uh, it has a term now, both sidism, saying that both sides should refrain from doing that, never addressing the issue directly, never saying, okay, you fired this grenade or 
this missile just always in any situation talking to the both sides in this most generic terms. So with all this um, with all this neutrality led to the fact that now this hundred uh, over hundred thousand people are uh, displaced from their homes. Uh, whatever they had is now left there for Azerbaijanis to uh, come and take over, and basically people are left with nothing. And I don't know what uh, what was going to happen. Really, this I th- I don't think this isn't anything that happened in history before. We have nothing to compare, no precedents, nothing to compare it with. This is just a situation of its own. Yeah. What? Um, so, just to give our our audience just a refresher, um, they the land of Artsakh is is pretty big. It's a pretty big sized land. But the connection it had to Armenia um, was really just one road, right? That was after the war, because before the war, there were five other, uh, seven other regions before this. So it was a very safe connection. But after the war, sort of the two regions connecting it were given back uh, to Azerbaijan under this November 9 agreement that Putin, uh, Aliyev and Pashinyan signed. So there was this narrow corridor and then they blocked it. Uh, They blocked it under the falsest of pretenses. There's an episode of our show, Armed Comedy, that was known in Nagorno-Karabakh and the latest episode talks about just that. They they blocked it under the false pretenses of being environmentalist, uh, let alone it's hilarious oh, that Azerbaijan like that have an NGO. <laughs> endangered deer this, or something. Can't yes, <laughs> but there is one specific video which if you listen to this podcast, I would want you to go and look for it in that episode of Armed Comedy. Is this um woman i mean if you were writing a comedy a very grotesque one <laughs> you wouldn't write it as, as peculiar so there's this woman wearing a fur coat she is an environmentalist and she's holding a dove and she said we don't want anything with armenians we just want peace and she's holding the dove so tight she strangles it and when the moment she tries to release it for the dove to fly away it just falls down because no way it falls to the ground i I insist you go and watch that episode so anyway uh, this (laughs) this, i I don't think any director any screenwriter would, 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 would put this together but this is what happened and this was the pretense under uh, to for them to block the corridor, it lasted for a couple of months, and then then just the military came and shut it down. And this so-called fake environmentalist, uh, many of whom actually were later recognized as their KGB agents, sure. uh, it was all now closed. And so when when was so. Uh, was I, I see what you're saying. So at, at one point, the, the land was bigger. When did it shrink down to the size where only that one road connected it? To Armenia. And what year was that? In November 9, 2020. When this ah, war... so that was 2020 on. So for the last yeah, three well, years, yeah. did it feel like yeah, at any point? For 30... uh, sorry? Uh, sorry, for the last three years, did it feel like at any point this would be coming, that they would be blocking this road? There wasn't any talk about, nobody just could have foreseen the, the, the that it could be blocked because, uh, well, you had Russia there, right? And yes. now that you say they are a little preoccupied, that became, if you go back 
10 months that was about they were maybe a couple of months into the war when that happens few months into the war and yes sort of there was no uh, real political will to to keep uh, that agreement uh, going on basically whatever the azerbaijanis did they kind of agreed and even during this last uh, skirmish on september 19th when i said that the army was fighting very bravely despite of being starved and strained uh six russian uh, peacekeepers were killed by azerbaijan so russia has been known to start wars for much less than that yeah but all it took to make it go away was uh, ilham aliyev just saying i'm sorry i'll pay their families and kremlin seemed to have no problem with that the president of azerbaijan did this yeah, he apologized that he killed six uh, Russian peacekeepers, one of whom was a colonel, very important person, and just apologized. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so why yeah. didn't I, I was trying to figure this out because I know that Azerbaijan now has a lot of oil and they have the oil pipelines and that seems to have made them rich and more powerful. But yeah. it doesn't seem like the oil pipelines go through Artsakh. Like, I don't understand no, why it's so important for them to take Artsakh. It doesn't seem strategic, really. But it's the point for them because they it's been their sort of main political goal for 30 years, from father mm. to son. Uh, and, uh, of course, it's land. Uh, anybody would like to expand. But the thing about oil and gas, uh, it's more about natural gas these days, that they go so unpunished. And Europe sort of takes this very evident dictator for, 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 for granted. Is um, Basically, what's happening now is Russia cannot export gas to Europe anymore. So what Russia does, and it's been talked about in the European Parliament and some discoveries were made on this very important investigations, is uh, Azerbaijan became this country that uh, repackages Russian gas and then exports it to Europe as Azerbaijani gas. And why are we so um, insistent on this? Because uh, uh, Azerbaijan's gas production rate wasn't enough to sustain the needs of Azerbaijan all these years. Oh, So Azerbaijan would buy natural gas from Russia to cover its own requirements, let alone any ex- experts. So <laughs> all of a sudden, within one year, after the Ukrainian war started, Azerbaijan not only covers all its needs, but also sells it to Hungary and other European states. So, and Europe is just keeping the blind eye. Well, okay, technically we're not buying from Russians. We'll just keep your keep our eyes closed and pretend it's it's not Russian gas. Wow! So they're laundering gas. Yeah. Russia is, and then everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. And then that way, if these European countries can say like, oh, there are people can still whatever, turn on their uh, their stove at night and through the winter. Wow. So Russia hasn't gone broke with all the sanctions and everything. They still. Yeah. yeah. And it's all and we're talking only about the year one, uh, of course. And it's planned that the level of these experts would only grow and grow. So come next year, come the year after that, <laughs> Europe will be more and more dependent on... But they do... Azerbaijan does have a lot of oil, right? I mean, that is why the world... Yeah, it puts does. Up a uh, 
uh, it, it's all BP, British Petroleum controlled. I don't think any of the oil goes through that. It's just the BP coming and, and, right. and uh, yeah. uh, harvesting the soil. And what about the... Um... Because, you know, I mean, last time we spoke, we spoke of there's NATO, which is like the big one. But then there's also the CSTO. I don't know if we spoke to you about that or maybe someone yeah, in, yeah, in Belarus. Yeah, but yeah, did. the CSTO is like the, the the other version of NATO, which includes Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia and Tajikistan. With the idea being that if any one of your lands gets attacked, everyone jumps in to defend where are the other um, countries right now in that group uh so for you to understand this uh more clearly most of the countries you mentioned basically all the stands have much closer ties with azerbaijan who is not part of the csto yeah uh, rather than they have with armenia and so does belarus because uh Lukashenko and Ilham are close friends. Yep. So and sort of Russia, Putin was the only one maintaining this balance. Uh, but uh, this is not even hypothetical anymore. The attack on Armenia's land happened last September, and CSTO did nothing when uh, we formally applied. They said, "Well, it's not the proper way to apply." Sort of all this bureaucracy started. And everyone said, we'll try to figure this out internally. Uh, and nothing happened. Azerbaijan still stands on Armenian sovereign territory uh, as a result of that attacks. And CSTO is not doing anything about it. So it's not even theoretical anymore. So now, mm, Prime Minister Pashinyan of Armenia, he sort of says, I'm unhappy with CSTO and maybe I'll go shopping to NATO. <laughs> Uh, which obviously makes the Russians mad, but also uh, from the point of view of a rational sort of person, the NATO or none of the European countries or Western countries have not offered anything to Armenia, uh, let alone a NATO. We're not even talking about NATO or EU membership. Nothing sustainable was offered. So sort of to leave one security system and go jump into the unknown is very uh, unreasonable. And, and um, you know, it's just, it's just a dumb thing to do. But that's apparently what they're going want to do. Pashinyan went and uh, met Zelensky, his wife. Uh, was at a summit where she took a photo with Zelensky's wife. So all these sort of things are happening that make Putin mad. But don't give anything. It's not that you have a selfie with Zelensky, somebody dumps a billion dollar on you immediately. Yeah. So she's just, you know, trying to shop around and trying to make him jealous. Know, responsible people, reasonable people are saying, what the hell are you doing? Uh, all the meanwhile is, is we did, and we talked about this in one of the last episodes of the show. Meanwhile, you think Putin is very mad because the Russian foreign ministry is sort of uh, very uh, unhappy with Pashinyan and they've been expressing it. But Putin himself was uh, was having a speech at this uh, conference just a couple of days ago, and he spoke so good of Pashinyan as if <laughs> they're best friends. And everyone is just surprised, like, you would be mad. This guy just took a photo with Zelensky, but Putin seemed to be happy. So I don't know what kind of a twist. <laughs> what is going on? Is. 
answer. All I know, yeah. all I know is we have 100,000 people right now in the country who have nowhere to live. We lost Artsakh. We uh, are, uh, the territory of Armenia is under threat because the grip of Turkey and make no mistake, every time we're talking about Azerbaijan and this, this dictator, we're really talking about Turkey. Yes, Turkey, Turkey is, is funding the whole thing. Um, and yeah, that's because of the oil, right? Baker, and the Aliyev, gas. It, uh, yeah, it's the big picture. Sort of uh, Erdogan is the guy sort of to negotiate between Europe, US and, and Russia, all this. Uh, They're also a NATO uh, power member. play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's playing both ways, and also it's the it's NATO's headquarter really in the region. It's the biggest country with the biggest military base. So when you are talking NATO, you're really talking Turkey, and Turkey is Armenia's sworn enemy since right going back to the genocide. I mean, forever. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> it's been a probably yeah. before that. Before yeah, that, but so, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna yeah. Uh, so uh, I really don't see any any uh, kernel of logic with really wanting to go to NATO because that would really mean that all of your security is now controlled by Turkey. Yeah. It's not going to be controlled from Washington or Paris or Norway. I, I don't know. It, it's I, Turkey. I have one question. The the who the fighting in in Artsakh was done like you said the, pre, the president of Armenia didn't send troops in right so the, yes. those are just separate troops like whose command are they under uh, Artsakh's own army Artsakh's, Artsakh's own, own army and yeah, army so they what was his rationale for not sending troops in just to, he didn't well first it was blocked like you would have to kill all the Russian peacekeepers just to pass them. Oh. Uh, and the bigger rationale is he doesn't want to get involved. Uh, even back when the border was not closed, uh, like we had Armenian troops there and he slowly was uh, pulling them out. So at this point, there was no Republic of Armenia troops there, but they were Artsakh's Armenian troops there who lived there. And it's their, was their that homeland. a popular decision with Armenian people? To pull out? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. But again, even uh, such an obviously dumb thing, there was still a group of people who were kind of maybe finding some solace, you know, some uh, something good in the fact that their children would not go into this war territory. They would come to Armenia, which is relatively sure. safer now. Uh, maybe there was that. But... Uh, of course, with the agreement that he signed in 2020, it didn't seem feasible that any Armenian troops would stay there for much longer. I have to be honest. I thought that um, that Artsakh was part of Armenia, but it, so it was kind of its own separate would you call it a country? It's a second Armenian state. It has president, it has its constitution, it had its elections, and it wasn't uh, part of Armenia in a sense, like legally. But the citizens of Artsakh had an Armenian passport. They are Armenian citizens, just as uh -huh. much as I am. Uh, their currency was Armenian dram, the same currency we have here, sort of. Uh, it wasn't entirely integrated just for the sake of the negotiations to continue i see so yes we could have unilaterally recognized it uh, but then what was there to negotiate about right uh, and uh, that, that was the tactics that everyone 
every president uh, before Nikol Pashinyan has taken. And when he came into power, he said he would continue the same logic. So and lasted and that lasted for maybe a year or more. And then after that, he said, "I'm starting the negotiations from my own page." That's his exact words. And ever since then, it's been down the spiral. And so I guess it's similar to what you would consider what Puerto Rico might be. Do you think Kaplan, it's the United States? Yeah. There is nothing to really compare it because these are very unique situations. But sure. They had troops. They had dollar rights. They are citizens. I don't know to which extent. I'm really not an expert on that. But they're supposed to have like a troop. So those are considered they're considered separatists because they're not. They have their own military. The the people there. Uh, well, I think Azerbaijan would consider them right. that way, but no, nobody besides them did. And I mean, do you they think that... take a look at the teach that? Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to ask what happened because it seems like from the research I was doing, I was trying to figure out why the United States did not get involved. And it seems like a few things. One is that we're preoccupied with other things, right? With Ukraine and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also because of the Armenians' previous relationship, Armenia's previous relationship with Iran and Russia, mm-hmm. but that seems to have fallen apart, uh, uh, right? It seems so like the, the relationship with Russia is not as good as it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also, let's say before the intervention into Ukraine, uh, there was a different world order. And everyone's understanding was that Russia handles this region. So whenever a major problem occurred, we had a four-day war in 2016 as well. Russia was the one to mediate it. Mm. It would never reach president of the United States or France. Russia was the one to handle things here. After uh, Ukraine, sort of things are changing. Maybe uh, some... Mm, there, there are interests uh, to make, uh, there are interests to expand, maybe to uh, sort of lessen Russia's control. But then there is no one really to suggest instead of Russia besides Turkey. Turkey yes. seems to be the only alternative to Russia at this moment, just given the geographic location and your basic ge- geography. <laughs> that, that's right. the only other alternative, the, the only other well-armed big state in the region. So uh, for Armenians, for many Armenians, it would be uh, unacceptable uh, to trade Russia for Turkey because of the history that we have with Turkey. But even so, nobody's even suggesting this switch with Turkey. It's very hypothetical that we're talking about. Nobody's being even specific about that. And in 2020, it was still Trump presidency. Yep. And Trump being Trump, he didn't get involved with all the details that much. And he literally said, <laughs> Norwegian, Norwegian peacekeepers. <laughs> We'll bring Norwegian peacekeepers and said, What the hell are, is he talking about? Well, is Norwegian? Norwegian? What said, region? Norway was in no way informed that it would be. <laughs> Who thinks Armenia is near Norway? He has no yeah. idea. Uh, but basically, once again, in 2020, it was up to Russia to settle the crisis, which they did in a way with that uh, yes. terrible agreement of November 9. But then the Ukraine thing happened. 
I think maybe this is a good time to take a break. Kaplan, what do you think? Where are we? Oh, yeah, this is a good time. All right. Yeah. So we, we take a break and we'll Gotta be back bills. With, with more of this in just a second. We are part of the world's smartest podcast network. That is us. That is the political orphanage with uh Doctor, no, with with uh, who? Andrew Heaton, and that is the Majoring in Everything <laughs> podcast with Doctor Andrew Jones Roy. We do our roundtable discussions all the time. Listen to all of their podcasts, and uh, for this week, uh, we'll also throw in Arm Comedy. Check them out. Uh, is it YouTube or uh, you can watch it on YouTube? You can listen on the podcast. It's in YouTube. All the episodes are there. Just go to the channel Arm Comedy and we have a playlist called English Episodes. So the latest one is the one I was mentioning earlier. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. English language episodes. Check out all of our shows, everybody, uh, and check out Arm Comedy. Kaplan, go ahead. I was going to say, and if you want to advertise the correct map of Armenia, you give us $10 a month in Patreon and you get the shirt. Which has the number yes. one in Armenia map. We the had, correct map that we're discussing. Yeah, Nurek, uh, he consulted on the um, drawing yeah. of our map when we did it. And we have the correct, the original, the uh, God and everyone has blessed this map of Armenia. And so get that $10 <laughs> a month. Uh, we will, we will Support. mail you the shirt. No matter where you are in the world, we will mail it to you. And Kaplan, now a word from our local sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. 
for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. All right, we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you very much. Okay, so I wanted to ask, so what is going on with um, France? We Kaplan and I had read that France is now, so, so basically this whole thing happened a few weeks ago. And as you said, Armenian people are now busy getting 100,000 people settled into a new country or their former country, getting them back yeah. into the country. And just in the last couple of weeks, France has kind of popped up and Even decided yeah. they're going to send weapons to Armenia. Is that right? But, but uh, again, let's be very realistic about this. This is just a statement. This is a statement of intent. There is nothing to substantiate that other than the words. Uh, so even, even if it goes super fast and just as proclaimed, it takes years. Even if it's like, So it's not going to help the current situation at all? Not at all. Not at all. So uh, what's happening now, all these forces of Turkey and Azerbaijan concentrated uh, near our borders. Uh, we're in a situation when, you know, a war can break out tomorrow in a couple of weeks or not for another two years. It's, it's very unstable. Uh, and our prime minister doesn't seem to be doing something serious about it. And... Um, I don't know. It's all very dire if you think about it. Mm. Uh, you're saying you're not confident with French weapons that are gonna. They're they're uh, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're, well, they're always known I'm as great military power. The following, if there is political will from France to do this, to follow this through, this through, and everything goes as smooth as it as it possibly can go, it's months and years. Mm. The deals like this, they they don't happen. Okay, we decided to send the weapons, and tomorrow they're already shipped. It's not your Amazon sort of order. <laughs> right. I read that um, you also paid like four hundred million dollars. Russia owes you weapons, I guess. Four hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, percent. I've read that too. That there is weapons still to be shipped, so uh, it comes in sort of shipments and now obviously they have the need for that. Yeah. Weapons. They're like, we're yeah. going to use these weapons. Sorry. Uh, right. which, which says your Amazon delivery may, may be running late. Yeah. And, and there is no Russia prime subscription where you know, and, they, and <laughs> Amazon has a much, Amazon has a much better return policy. You're not getting that, yeah, that 400 million back from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> and instant shipping. <laughs> yeah. I have come up with a plan as we're talking here. If Trump oh, wins yeah, the next election, Trump loves for some reason he loves the Kardashians. Norwegian peacemakers are coming. <laughs> he loves the Kardashians, and Kim Kardashian has gone into his office and just gotten stuff done in the past. Because anyone who's yeah, beautiful, he's Armenian. like blinded by beauty. He has a lawyer right now <laughs> who's like a ten out of ten. She's super hot. She's like the worst lawyer in America. He's gonna she go keeps, to jail because he's got a hot lawyer. Yeah, she keeps <laughs> losing all of his trials, but she's very attractive. <laughs> And didn't she forget to file for a trial jury at one point? Yes. Like, so he's going to get a judge. She, keep, she, forgot. <laughs> she forgot. So they have a judge jury right now instead of a full trial. A trial would be way better for him, but she forgot to to ask yeah, for a trial <laughs> for a, for a jury. Guy. She just got is one. It, is one that, judge. that the one who was singing a country song? Is that the one? I think so. But she's like a ten. She's very attractive. So. The Kardashians at the same it's level. Totally 10, totally 10. Yeah. 10. <laughs> he it's going to be his literal <laughs> downfall is that he'll only hire hot chicks. I got to respect that. 
Yeah, I do too. Yeah. To the death, to the prison. Opportunity. Um, but yeah, this well, is the plan. Maybe the Kardashians can get in there. If you guys reelect Trump once again, <laughs> could uh, happen. Remember, he, that, he, he, he that released the end of Ukraine, really, because uh, it was not gonna Putin, right? It would 100%. Unless Ukrainian can send women to talk to him. His but, two favorite people yeah. are Vladimir Putin and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Unlikely duo, but still, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, she is Armenian, right? So yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, been, yeah, yeah. So she's been very vocal about these events. She's drawn a lot of attention to um, the situation in Artsakh, but unfortunately, it's it it only can do so much. What it mm. really takes is political will from Europe and from United States to sanction sanction the hell out of Azerbaijan. There are so many things they can do. He always, he has all these assets. Yeah, around the world, his children have all these assets. His his boy, when he was only eleven, he had mansions all, all mm. uh, registered under this offshore kind of shady stuff. So there's these assets they can free so, so much uh, property in London, uh, in UK alone, they could <laughs> totally <laughs> stop Azerbaijan. It only takes like a one vote to shut down the SWIFT system, so your yes. Visa and Mastercard don't work anymore. <laughs> So basically, and then there there has been very good rehearsal of all that with Russia. Uh, of course, they can bring these dictators down to. But he's got oil. Every every time we're talking about Ilham Aliyev and Azerbaijan, we're really talking about uh, Turkey and Erdogan uh, behind them. And uh, if you look at what Turkey's been doing, remember Turkey's a. Valued NATO member, as the yep. NATO secretary said, this uh, valued NATO member started a war with Greece. Mm. <laughs> they have been uh, involved in Syria. They have been uh, destroying Kurds. Uh, well, they're blocking uh, Sweden. They're funding Swedish gangs. We learned last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sweden. Go with with being a NATO member, but still, they are. I I said this last week. Larger, and I don't understand why you can't get kicked out of NATO. Are you in, once you're in, you're yeah. in for life? Like, why can't we just vote I, I, Turkey I out of NATO? Because they're answer. a strategic location, I guess, Turkey. But yeah, Dude, it's ridiculous. But make that to your question. Armenia. Make Europe, them the new strategic. chicken. It's what? They're too afraid of Turkey. The Europeans are chicken. Mm. Everyone's afraid of Erdogan. That's the truth. Everybody has more to gain and more to lose than to gain out of them. Because once they leave this monster alone uh, sort of uh, without uh, nato and uh, all this support then it's on blues then it can do whatever it wants and this is going to be seconds uh, and they're uh, yeah they're a nato member who we have never been able to get a comedian from turkey on this podcast because they're so scared of erdogan you know we literally can't get anyone to talk on record about erdogan and i think i think that somewhere in the world there should be like a democracy index based on your podcast who (laughs) on our podcast exactly (laughs) yes so so i'm sure you wouldn't get anyone from azerbaijan as you can get anyone from turkey but uh, I, I was the of, comedy scene there. Someone from Belarus, right? If I'm yeah. not mistaken, so we have someone, but he had to flee Belarus. Yeah, yeah. flee the country. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not helping them. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, he didn't, he didn't flee that's... because of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was after coming on our podcast, but yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. We should give us some credit. 
That's why um, I need to look at it. And then India is involved as well. Is India now yeah, jumping India's in? going to supply weapons? Uh, it's basically what we're talking about is basically one article saying that, yeah, we're oh, okay. negotiating with India. That's as much as that's how we say. research. We read one article. <laughs> you don't know what it is. Maybe they truly are. Maybe it's just a tactic. Mm, again, negotiate these like the shortest this can be is like two years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about the um, relocation? So uh, Armenia is um, three million people, roughly the size of the country. Yes. And now you have one hundred thousand to 150,000 new people coming in. That seems like a lot, a big percentage. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Artsakh has a population of 125,000. Some portion of them were left here because of the blockade. They couldn't go back. These are students, people who were on business trip visiting. Uh, So they were here all through these 10 months. And now everyone else uh came and this raises a lot of well of course if there was a solution to so that that they could return to their home that would be the perfect solution but i don't think it's foreseeable anytime in the future but they have all this um history all these um customs and even uh, dialects that if we spread them around Armenia, these dialects and these cultural things will slowly die away. Mm. So um, some people are suggesting maybe to build like an entire city where this community will live. um, And uh, because it sounds actually great, so they can integrate into Armenia, but with integration also comes loss of all these cultures. And I would hate for this language to go away. I would hate for their arts to stop existing. So these are ways, of course, sadly, sadly, I think uh, a big chunk of them will try to pursue other countries and will not stay in Armenia because if nothing works out there and Armenia is also under very serious threat and uh, imagine them living all this 10 months under threat and basically for the 30 years basically on this gunpowder uh, waiting for something to happen now it's it's very understand it's terrible but i would understand that these people would move to a third country where they can no longer think of um think of security again so uh, this is a very important and uh, and it's just come into my life too like i i think about security i never thought about security living in, in armenia of course sometime maybe something happened but it wasn't a part of your daily sort of routine, your thoughts, and now you cannot plan. There, there, there's like we want to put together a stand-up show. You cannot plan a stand-up show anymore because something like this happened, then you have to cancel, then sort of a whole chain of events. We're thinking about doing a sitcom again. This is something that takes months, and you cannot plan for weeks, let alone months. So this is all this. Mm, sort of tension all the time and it's only normal for people to try to escape that tension because there's only so much tension you can take and it's due to their tremendous patriotism that they have uh, endured this um, blockade they've been starved for 10 months 
they stood in lines just to get a small piece of bread. And, and, and now all this continues and now there's Armenia is under threat. Well, why wouldn't somebody decide to move to Russia, United States or France, whatever? Yeah. Uh, so, but it's terrible for Armenia. This is another wave of possible immigration that we just simply cannot afford. Do you think that Azerbaijan is going to keep pushing? Is that what you mean by you can't plan, you're under threat? Like this isn't the end? Because from international, reading internationally, it feels like this is the end of it. But you're saying maybe not? No, that's never the end of it. So uh, uh, it's... It's basically Turkish diplomacy where when your uh, your other party agrees to something, always ask for more. And it's something we've witnessed for centuries, and it's something we've witnessed just on this conflict alone. There was a Russian proposed settlement that uh, Azerbaijan gets gets five regions and Armenia gets two regions and Artsakh. Uh, sort of it was 2010 and it was this moment when everybody thought okay probably Aliyev will sign this sounds like a good deal and he came to that meeting and everyone expected him to sign but then he didn't then the same thing happened I think in 2013 again everyone thought this would be it but then it wasn't uh in 2020 they signed this agreement mm-hmm. saying okay uh keep the Lachin corridor keep Artsakh uh, and take the seven regions. See, not all, not five, but now you take the seven. And people thought it would be the end of it. It wasn't. Yes. Uh, now they're in the territory of Armenia, and now there's this. So there are some enclaves. Uh, both Armenia has enclaves in Azerbaijan, and vice versa. Now that I think could be. Now they want uh, some. A passage like a corridor uh, through Armenia. They want a sovereign corridor through the territory of a third state, which sounds absurd, but they've been talking about it so much that uh, everyone now has heard of it. And it's like half of the job done. I'm talking about it here, which means that they've talked about it enough so that it became a subject of agenda. And that's so another possible. Are you saying concern. Armenia? I mean, sorry, Azerbaijan wants a safe passage Section. for them through your country, uh, where they wouldn't have to Armenia. Take a- but we, we, yeah, uh, uh, on the border of through the border of Armenia, which would not be controlled by the Armenian border. They wouldn't need to show the passport to come into your country, and then yeah, come and leave. Would it would all they be, can, you know, take that's insane. Drugs or weapons and yeah so but that, that's the, 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 it's that's something next. that's written nowhere uh, nobody has really discussed it but it's just them uh, when when they show weather forecasts uh, on Azerbaijani TV they show their sort of cities and then they say Yerevan temperature uh, as if it's in their territory mm. uh, these are these are the sort of kind of uh, subtle power overreaching Soft. things yeah, these are like they're always overreaching to get more, 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 more. And with the, the current administration that we have, so far they've been agreeing to to everything. Is, and is the fear that from your end that I mean, in the past Russia, as terrible as they are, was sort of a backstop against Turkey in this era. Now they're you can't really count on them right now. So there's nobody 
Yeah, Russia understands that uh, they want to switch them with Turkey. And Russia doesn't want to be switched by anyone. It wants to be the person in chief in the region. That's what the war... But Turkey wants to be... We've got to get Turkey out of NATO. We've got to get them out of campaign. Uh, Every week... Every week we have a guest (laughs) and it always comes. The problem always comes down to the fact that Turkey's in NATO. That always comes down. It it does. It does. But maybe, I don't know, maybe there is research that says that it's way more than dangerous unleashed. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We have to, I'm going to hold a rally. I'm against it. So (laughs) let's get him out. I'll Next week, turn is coming to that too. <laughs> That'll be Friday. Thursday we do the Israel rally. Friday Thursday we rally for Israel. Friday we'll Turkey get Turkey out of NATO. Um. So, what about all right. Other comedians, are you getting thrown out of their country next week? Yeah, exactly. Well, well, ne- well, well next week we'll probably do Israel. We might even do that later yeah, this yeah, week. We're trying to get. Uh, we're gonna get. Yeah, we won't get you thrown out of Armenia though. We need you to be. Bigger than ever there. So when we come back with our TV show, we can do a triumphant return to Armenia. I think Place right now, number one. yeah, you've talked about Armenia so much and thank you for bringing up Armenia time and again. Uh, but now you got to come. I have to take you sightseeing. Yes. yes. Have a dinner <laughs> with you guys. Um, yeah, thank you. Really, thank you for doing Of course, that. we would love to come. Yeah, we do need to put that together. And um, so now is is is, is anyone or is it, are any Armenians left in Artsakh region or did everyone leave? Uh, I think the, the last report, it was a 50 to a thousand. Wow. Huge. Okay. How many people live in the region overall? Or in the beginning, before this all 120,000. 120,000. 120,000. Okay. Yeah. 52,000. Yeah, so well, no, it's um, bad. And, and the wish, president would. Uh, go ahead, Cap. No, I was going to say, do you think there'll be any uh, repercussions for your president? I mean, you know, there have been protests, but like, yeah. I don't know when the election there is. There protests, but now, uh, like I said, everyone's too busy trying to substitute what the state has to do. Sort of all these people trying to help. That's why there's less protest. And there is the tragedy of the situation is that at this point there is no one who can truly lead any protests and opposition because everyone is just disliked by everyone. Mm. There is no one charismatic leader or a group of people who would inspire hope and who people would go after. So in this sort of, it's a choice between bad, bad and possibly worse. Kim Kardashian. Can she run? I was about, yeah. We're great minds think alike. I was about to say president <laughs> Kim Kardashian. The, the marketing genius that she is, she would probably turn things around much better than she would actually she would probably be a lot of fundraising good. from teenagers in America from kid, you know, yeah, young yeah. people. She would kill it. She would create an app or something or a crypto yeah. <laughs> and do something about it. Yeah. Have you um have you interacted with anyone who's come over from Artsakh? personally uh yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah i've talked to people it's it's very uh it's very hard to look them into eyes because you feel sure. killed uh and like you cannot even put yourself in, in their place uh i don't know there, are people finding are they staying with relatives like are they related to 
Like, would they even know people in Armenia, or is it so far away that it's? Yeah, yeah of course, some okay. of course some would, uh, but not everyone. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of the easy task to take your relatives, and, and and there's just not enough buildings as such because remember there was the huge immigrations of Russians when the Ukraine war started. Yeah, so sort of I all forgot about that. The partners that you had were already busy by. Russians who came last year or the year before that. So uh, there's that. Uh, there's the sort of the state was not, although the Russians were only 40,000 who came. And now there's another 100,000 on top of that 40,000. So, so that's, that's almost a 10% increase. That's like an 8% increase yeah, in population over two or three yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah right. of course, it's not going to be easy, but things need to be taken care of dramatically fast dramatically fast and in winter and like no large scale construction i think is possible and really it's very tough but it's been left sort of a much of it is on shoulders of these ngos these volunteers you know just active kind people who put together uh, they coordinate in groups i have so many groups where my friends are uh, interacting, uh, helping to coordinate who, who moves to which states, what do they need? Is it warm clothes or is it like uh, hygiene supplies or food or whatever? Uh, and there are these groups that, that, that do, do this instead of, of the state. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way for our audience to donate? Or do you know of places, the best place to, to help? Um, actually, if you give me a minute, I would recommend uh, this one place. They've been um, gathering donations and they put together, uh, there was a number of, um, how you call it, this gyms, giant uh, gyms where they have beds and food supplies for a, a, a lot of people, I will say they are... Like gymnasiums where people are coming and sleeping and while they're... Yeah, gymnasiums, yep. they're there. So if you go to it, uh, smartarmenia.org, smartarmenia.org slash donate. Okay, smartarmenia.org slash donate, and that's the best place to go to help. Yes, uh, sort of. This is a group. This is a group of people that put together beds, put together clothes, and every, everything necessary. But th- this is very sort of temporary. You understand? Sure. These people ultimately need homes. But uh, thank you for giving the opportunity to to talk about this and, and cover this. Of course, thank you for doing the show. Um, that is it. And uh, everybody, check out Arm Comedy as well. You can listen to the podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, scroll down, find the English section for all the English language listeners. And Kaplan, that's it. What should we do? Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure seeing you again. Sorry for the circumstances, but in the meantime, let's get lost. Get yeah. lost, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.